What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Middle cough! Hey, behaves! Uh, Robert Kraft or Don Nelson? Uh, that's a good question. Have yeah, they hung out? Uh, probably not. No, I don't think Don Nelson would hang out with them. They you? both, I mean, you're probably no, right. I mean, he would, he would. I, I will say, though. Didn't Don Nelson play for the Celtics back in the day? He did. Yeah. Um, for old man, long hair, white, like white hair. I mean, Don Nelson, Robert Kraft got to be in the top five of like old former athlete or sports figure, white hair length. Don Nelson's racking a ponytail. Don Nelson looks like a mob boss. Don, I, Don Nelson looks sweeter than Robert. Yeah, I mean, look, Don Nelson's got fewer things to worry. Don Nelson worries about nothing. Robert Kraft's got a few things to worry about today. <laughs> that that he does, guy. That he does. I, Don Nelson, really quick before we dive into Robert. When last night he said, because clearly he looks a lot slimmer than he did when he was coaching, and I. I don't know if he alluded to this last night that he stopped drinking beer, but he obviously admitted that he smokes a lot of pot. I, I wonder if he just replaced the Bud Lights that he used to come to all the press conferences with with weed, and that's why he looks so much. He looks pretty damn good for seventy eight years old. Yeah, I, I living in Hawaii doesn't like, hurt probably. No, he's tan. I, I guess Kerr last night brought a Modelo <laughs> to the press conference. He said in honor of Nelly. Nelly's just a. Uh, is it safe to say that Nelly is a little more real than Robert? It just feels like there's nothing really fake about him, and he's never really been fake. He's just always just kind of been him. Yeah. Very true to himself. Yeah. Did you hear Kerr at the end of the press conference? No. What would he say? I'm going to go smoke a joint with Don. Didn't Kerr admit to smoking a little uh, little weed when oh, he yeah. had the back injury? Yeah, he says you know, the whole thing with his back. I had a lot of people hitting me up. Did you did you guys tell Nelly about the ease.com? I, and I, <laughs> I don't know. He just I didn't even realize he was coming. I'd forgot that it was We Believe Night. Yeah. The, I don't, the, I don't the know. Reaction, the reaction on Jay Rich and Steven Jackson's face when he said, I've been smoking a bunch of pot. Especially it was Steve, just, who was on the end? Steven, right? Yeah, it was like Steve. Both arms went in the air. Uh, it, it was just priceless. I, 
hasn't he admitted to smoking a lot also before games, Steven Jackson, over the years? I mean, probably. <laughs> I, I don't remember that specifically, but he wouldn't be the only one. We one time went to lunch. I'm pretty sure this is where it was said. Maybe it was said another place with a buddy of yours, became a buddy of mine, that worked in the NBA and once said that he thought that about 80% of the coaches in the league smoked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His, I think, think his about, thing was like, if you drug tested the coaches and you suspended people, half the coaching staffs wouldn't be in the NBA. Yeah. And it was, we always made fun of Phil, right? Like, no one ever thought Phil wasn't a pothead. Correct. Right. And everyone thinks that a lot of people in the NBA smoke. Well, if you look at every NBA bench, there are multiple former NBA players. So it's not like if you're going to stop playing and then coach, you're probably only going to smoke more. It's a smoke, It's a pro-smoking league. Has, has anyone ever been suspended for marijuana in the NBA? Uh, there are a couple guys that have been suspended for like performance enhancers. I don't know if anyone's been suspended for marijuana. Gerald Wallace gets suspended for PEDs? Uh, I, don't I don't remember why. that. I don't know. Maybe not. There was the the guy from like the Grizzlies. It takes a lot to get spent in the NBA for a non physical altercation. Nerlens Noel Thabo Cephalosha suspended five games for violating NBA's anti drug policy. This is from this year or from last year. I don't even remember that. And by the way, five games in the NBA is like a week and a half. <laughs> I mean, come on. The good news is that. Uh, John, around around these parts, you don't you don't get suspended. In fact, no, it's legal, and Ease is the best delivery platform to get the best legal, licensed, fully tested marijuana products delivered to you in California. Yep, guy, just go to Ease dot com. They just came to the East Bay last week, all over Southern California, Sacramento. They've been in the city for a long time. I got someone sent me a video today on Instagram. That said, the the comment all the comment said was, "I almost died taking this picture." And it, I don't know where the new billboard is around this area. It might be by the Bay Bridge, but I, I think they put in a new one somewhere. I just haven't seen it yet. And uh, they're everywhere. Ease.com promo code ham twenty dollars off your first purchase, guy. Over fifty dollars free delivery. But here's the thing: a lot of people have been hitting us up, going, "I've been an Ease user for a while now, and it won't let me use the promo code." I got something for you. Instead of using ham, just add the number one to it. Go ham one. The numeral. H-A-M just... numeral one. And you get the same deal. $20 off a of purchase and $50 free delivery. Yeah, somebody walked up to me the other day. Walked up to me the other day uh, at uh, KNBR. One of the producers. I'll leave his name out of it. But uh, you'd be happy to hear from him, John. Actually, not who you think it is. I'll tell you later. And, right. and uh, you like him. We both like him. And he said, hey, uh, I heard you guys are going to – you guys are working on something for, for people that already use Ease. <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah, middle cost all over it. We'll uh, have that coming soon hopefully. And so here it is. To that to that person, thank you for listening to the podcast. Use HAM, H-A-M, and the number, just the numeral one, and you also get 20 bucks off. E-A-Z-E. Yep. And, all your new, and all you new users, again, Ease.com, promo code HAM. The deal is just twenty dollars off, 50, over fifty bucks free delivery. Which that's Go not part of the man. promo code, right? You just get fifty bucks. Oh, you do fifty bucks, it's going to be free. Yeah, you do. exactly. 
So uh, get on get on there, find out, get verified, and then even if it's not delivered in your area and it's coming soon, you'll get notified when it is delivered in your area. Ease.com, promo code HAM. I don't know if it's delivering in uh, Paella, which I think it's where uh, Donnie lives. What what island is that? The big one? Maui. I'm going to Hawaii for uh, Thanksgiving. Are you really? Yeah. Breaking news. Nice. Well, my family always goes, and I never go. And it's like, I might as well go You've now. been passing it up for so long. Yeah, so I'm going to... Breaking news. <laughs> it's good. That's, that's God, I mean, Middlecoff, is this the longest you've ever planned anything in your life out, like, this far you, out? Well, the, the reality is I didn't do... I have done nothing. But is this the, <laughs> so is this the furthest out anything's ever been on your calendar? Yes, and there, there is always <laughs> capability of me backing out if something sweet comes up. But yes. Uh, you need to be i need to be a better family person also you know i don't think i've taken a vacation it feels like in years now you you could you could argue my life you know isn't exactly that strenuous you're you're living a vacation (laughs) yeah i mean last year i put out an instagram who wants to play golf and then i got to play golf at a lot of places around here just with listeners so again i mean i I never act like i how lucky uh, were they i'm in need of after an nfl season or something yeah Taking a few weeks off, shutting and, it down. Hey, if you're if you're listening, I'm going to be back. You know, once the sun comes out, you know, in a couple months, I'm going to be ready again. It's been cold here, guy. I know. It's coldest stretch in. Uh, I know you're in Washington State right now, but does the city feel colder? I know the city's always kind of cold. So maybe uh, you have. No, I mean, I, I I would say there's all every year. There's a weird stretch to me that it's cold, and I don't understand what time of year it is. Like, why is it and, cold right now? I think it's been consistently colder out where I am in the low 40s because to me there's a big difference between like 42 at night and 54 like you really feel it and again these people that i know we have some listeners that live in cold places they're like you guys are pussies yes i am i am nailed it robert Kraft has put out a denial john what do you say i don't know i'm pulling it up right now the from, uh, the, pa- from the patriots website is it well i don't know is that where you found it i just got an i, I just got an alert and now i can't you want me to check Patriots uh, Twitter? Because if denies. I'm him and I ran it, I'd I'd have them do it, right? Like the Patriots, like the Patriots.com writer, <laughs> get some quotes. Well, what what are you going to do if you're him? So like, oh, Robert, I don't know if this is a good idea. So, by the way, as we're about to record this podcast, Middlecoff says to me, Robert Kraft was just arrested in conjunction with some sex ring. It turns out, a a a, a what's it called a. Uh, Massage parlor. He got dropped off at a massage parlor a couple times, and it uh, was apparently there was a sting going on. Uh, we categor. This is a statement from Patriot spokesperson. We categorically deny that Mr. Kraft engaged in any illegal activity because it's a judicial matter. We will not be commenting further. Now you started to say something to me before the podcast that I want you to say now, which is, could you go Bezos and just say, yeah, release the tape. Uh, if there's tape, release it and just. And, and be confident that not a soul would watch it. Okay, sorry. I, I was reading a tweet about a rub and tuck. Uh, <laughs> Somebody's got some insight? You follow a Well, insider? no, I, I, I saw the founder of Barstool had a good, you know, I mean, I could have raised my hand. He just said, let he who has never been to a rub and tug cast the first stone. Because <laughs> on Twitter right now, we got a lot of people saying a lot of claims that I think it's easy to do. And it just... It's easy to say right now because the human trafficking involved, like Robert Kraft 
is for like taking 12 year olds. And again, I bend it, got massage. I'm not a huge massage guy in general. I don't really like people touching me like that. Uh, most of the massage parlors I've ever been to has been older women. Not old, not like 50, but definitely like 30. At least you think that. So I like, do I think that Robert Kraft knowingly had like 15 year old girls rub and tugging? Well, him? but I think the, so we have to draw a line here and acknowledge, right? That like, okay, well, it's child, it, it, would I watch? Well, would it, it's a child porn if she's young. Oh, all right. But I think it's more about there's like, there are, there are, are, are rings where people get essentially kidnapped. Okay. So that's what like makes this not funny, but there are other parts of it that on the surface, like some superficial let's parts just stay, of it. Let's just stay on the surface. Yeah, let's man. stay superficial here. Yeah. Say she's 19. Yeah, let's not talk about the, the anybody else involved because that's what really this is about. But it's what like... What it's two to tango? But yeah, but they say there's body cam footage. Like that's what the initial TMZ report says. It's like this is a sting. So that means they're like observing. If there's a... Stings usually involve like audio recording. Video recording, the kinds of things that make it undeniable when it comes time to prosecuting people. It's usually what a sting is. There had to be a moment, right, where on the sting, a dude in the van. I think they go to vans still, maybe. Yeah, got, you got to go to vans. And, and two feds look at each other. And maybe they give the van duty to a little bit of a younger guy. Because if you're like a high-level FBI agent, are they going to leave you in a van? So maybe it's like two guys, maybe our age, like kind of coming up the ranks. Just listening to podcasts. Yeah, just kind of listening and watching and then like, oh my fucking God, that's Robert Kraft. Is there a strong chance that that moment happened in a van where two people looked at each other and and just like their jaw dropped? Because one thing is just rich people that no one really knows. Or hell, I mean, it's $69. Anyone can go. You know, it's Guy, John, Bill, you know, Wayne, whoever walking through, and then him, it had to be jaw-dropping. My right? first thought when I saw the story, when I just saw the headline after you told me, like, look, go to Twitter, was it was going to be like some madame or whatever the whatever, – madame, is that what they're called? Like the Tiger Woods, like that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, madame. Yeah. That's what I thought this was going to be. And then you start reading, it's like, oh, they're going to the place where it's $59 for a massage. What was his chick's name, Rachel tell? Correct. Well, I think there's a couple things we could argue, and I'd start with the basic premise of, of a consenting adult. Should it be illegal? You know, I'd have my qualms. I, I, I should two people be allowed to uh, engage in a lucrative business idea between the two of them and do whatever they want? Probably, in my opinion. But right now, it's illegal. That being said, if a video surfaces. <laughs> In the history of videos surfacing, John Middlecoff has never had the restraint to not press play on anything, whether it's, you name it. I mean, from everything that's ever hit the internet. There was one the other day that I I had to pull back on. It was a young girl's recording herself the moment her family's house blows up. I was like, you know what? Not going to press play on that one. How'd she know her house was going to blow up? She didn't. She was just making a video. Maybe posting it online, so it's she out died? there. Yes. Wow, that's. Did you yeah, click play on that one? Uh, how did you even stumble upon that? It was just like in on my Twitter. It was just on Twitter. So she was in her home, and like a gas leak happened, or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. And you, all of a sudden, it goes black. I don't know. I didn't click it. But it says like graphic. 
Yeah, it was just one of those, like, I mean, I didn't have to say graphic. Here's the moment a girl's recording herself and her house blows up. I passed. Yeah, that you're right. I mean, I might, I might pass on that. I'd probably... You're going to look it up as soon as this podcast is over. Nah, yeah. I mean, if she did pass, though, like everyone died. Yeah, I feel a major buzzkill by me right there. Yeah, then probably I'd, I, I'd try to stay away then. But would I watch Robert? Yeah, I mean, I'd dabble. I'd, 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 I'd <laughs> no! I, I just want to see like what the camp, who was wearing the cam because if it was just Robert and a masseuse. She's wearing the cam. So these people are here. Here'd be my problem with it. Let's say the masseuse is wearing the cam and it's just her and Robert. And this girl, you know, is a sex trafficker. Why, why don't they just blow? Like, what are they waiting on? Why are they even doing this to try to nail people coming in there? Unless he has knowledge and I would be shocked if there's some email blast letting Robert, just to give you a heads up, sex traffickers, you know, uh, underagers. Now, who knows? I mean, he's he feels a little lost right now, but Ding, not ding. ideal. In all seriousness, it's not an ideal story for the NFL. I mean, it is second famous owner, or would you call him the equivalent of Jerry now? Uh. God, it kind of feels like maybe he's up there now. My that, first reaction was saying. no, he's not Jerry. But like, if you say Robert Kraft to a, just a casual person, that more than likely they're gonna recognize the name, right? Because they've just watched Super Bowls. If all you've done is watch Super Bowls the last twenty years, you've ran into that old guy, right? And he gets the mic first, and they show him on television. So if all you are if you're a wife of someone, if but you're Jerry's a guy been like, like tier, Jerry's been tier one now for, you know, 20 years. At well, least. I agree, but his game, but Jerry to the casual guy that lives in Oregon or, you know, that doesn't even follow football, he hasn't seen Jerry. He's at least seen this guy because he's played in the number one game. But nine Jerry's still times. on TV all the time. Like, if you're just like a casual, I watch Center person, Jerry's still on TV. Well, if you're that guy, yeah. So, worst case, Roberts, too. If anything, they're borderline equals. Yeah. So, you, it's, it's one of your staple owners of the league. Mark Davis, now, three. Uh, you know, he, he's probably battling for the top five, yeah. I'm being serious in terms of recognizability around America. Owner recognizability. Like, to me, is he more recognizable than... Um, Paul Allen ever was. Yeah, or, or what's his name? The owner of the uh, Dolphins. Yeah, he's not recognizable. What's his name? But he's like uh, Stephen Stephen Ross. But in terms of NFL people, I would say he's out there, like Dan Snyder. Um, I'd say Mark Davis is pretty recognizable. Yes, I'm I saying. just don't like. I'm not. I just don't know Raider games. No one watches, you know, beside the Raider Nation, who thinks that and there's Hayward a lot of Milkoff. and we, we do. Despite people think we hate him. Yeah, yeah, he'd be up. He'd be up there for so sure. So can you suspe- Can he get? Is he going to get suspended? First of all, it has he's denying it. And again, in these situations, there tends to be footage, or at least like if it's a sting, there's going to be some either there is or there isn't evidence. And he maybe he'll make the case. I was just going for a massage. I didn't know what I was walking into. I don't know what his defense is going to be. Um, it wasn't me. Asante Samuel, tell Mister Kraft to come kick it with me. I got this place called Tootsie's. He can have whatever he likes. All right. He's a Florida guy. Uh, I, I, I think a, I think a lot of the players 
are kind of laughing at this because again, I mean, this is pretty normal. You know, when I lived in Philly, Delilah's, their number one customers were the Eagles. Of course they were. They have, you know, some of the most money in town that are willing to spend it there. Now, a strip club, would Robert, would we be looking at it the same? To me, the massage massage parlor is viewed different than the strip club. Like, if you told me he got an HJ in a strip club, I, I don't think anyone, even if there was a sting, I think we'd look at it a little differently than going to a massage parlor that costs $50. Maybe not, but maybe I, I would a little uh, bit. Yeah, I think so. I think it probably would be viewed differently. I do think there's a decent chance he gets suspended. Just on the information we have right now, if there's any – if he went into this place and they get nailed, when's the last time an owner got suspended? I think he's in some hot water. Uh, hot water in the sense that – the, the league has just been so anti people getting in trouble. People just executives get in trouble. You get a DUI. Remember Steve Kime got suspended by his own owner. Now this guy is the owner is part of the problem. Remember the guy for the lions, like their president was, or might've been like their, one of their coaches was naked driving through Taco Bell like 10 yes. years ago. Uh, yeah. Was it, was it that long? Was that, I don't think it was that long ago. Maybe it was like five or six. Uh, this is a pretty unique story, though. Jim Irsay is the answer to your question. He was suspended? Six games. For what? Uh, violating the personal conduct policy. Remember the video last year in the locker room after they won the playoff game? Yeah, I do. It it was cringeworthy. But again, like, there are no well, He was complaining about how many points they scored in a win? <laughs> no, he's like, I need you guys! To get 31 next week, people were like, God, is he already betting over-unders for the future? What's this guy Where'd you doing? get that line, Jim? <laughs> How'd you get a line on that game already? He also, remember, was pulled over a couple years ago. Oh, that's what it was for. Yeah, it remember was for he was that. pulled over with cash and pills. He had a bag? Remember, he had a duffel bag, didn't he? It, would you rather, if you're Roger, if I said you're the commissioner of the league, okay. you can have an owner get caught getting an H.J., from an underage sex sting Whoa. or have an owner get pulled over yeah. yes, 25 cash uh, and just whatever pill cocktails he has. Yeah, in the back. That one. You'd rather have the, once you, John, once you say underage now, we, I can't even laugh about this anymore. Is there any chance that Robert Kraft's ownership is in jeopardy? Uh, I don't think so. But I'll put a period there and say, I mean, if, like, you know, I remember the tip of the iceberg with Tiger. We had no idea what was coming. Um, but he didn't really break any laws until he got the DUI. Yeah, I just mean, like, when it comes to rich guy stories, like, there's always a chance that we're at the tip of the iceberg. But but who thinks that these owners are not doing crazy-ass weird shit? But that's not the point. Like, that's not about who no one's thinking about it. Period, by and large. It's just about what gets what could get exposed. You ask me if there's a chance. I don't think so. But I also have seen – I've been around this long enough to know that what's reported on day one is not always the end of the story. That's all I'm saying. So if this – if what we know right now is – if what we think we know right now is the story, then no. I don't think his ownership's in jeopardy. Now, do they start like behind the scenes beginning the process of making his son the owner of the team? I don't see how you take it from him. 
like it's it's it, let me I'll put it to you this way: Is this the beginning of his son becoming the face of the franchise from an ownership standpoint? This, uh, see, I think the problem with that is there is no chance seventy-seven-year-old Robert Kraft has ever had more self-belief in his confidence to dominate life and win and not take losses on and off the field. You're telling me that they're going to say, you can't really be front and center anymore in the box. You can't really do this and this and this. Good luck. So, John, I've got they've got a list. Somebody just tweeted out a list, a uh, journalist for, the, uh, for a newspaper and, in Florida. Uh, in Florida. This is Leah Voss, a list of those charged with solicitation by the town of Jupiter. You got some good names? Well, got, you know who lives in Jupiter, right? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Not on the list. But it also has their birthdays. So uh, a few guys born in the 50s. So Eldrick Tiger Woods is not on that list. No. Robert Kraft was born in 1941. He's the oldest person on this list. Oh, no, he's not. There's a guy born in 1934. Can you blame that guy? What's his name? Daniel Young on the list. Hard to blame Daniel. But the first one that pops out, there's somebody named Guy Egan on the list. Guy! Um, Any famous people jumping out? No. Dick Palmer doesn't ring a bell. Could Rolf, be Arnold's kid. There's a guy named Rolf, born in 1949. Um, but there's a guy born in 1989 on the list, Ming-Fu <laughs> Ming Lu. That, I see, I, my thing is I'm going to the ages going, we're the grandpas and we're our, like the 19-year-olds. <laughs> Ming-Fu Lu's born in 89. Um, how about the guy born? There's a guy born in 85 here. Jonathan Weiss. Like I, I'm I, eyeballing this list. Jonathan Weiss, born in 1985 is absolutely the one getting the most family pressure and shame right now. Um, but I would say you just got a guy might named John not, Johnson on this list. You might just not get noticed if you're one of those guys. How many people yeah, are actually going to read the list? Your family notices, though. You your think so? No- yes. I don't so think- every family is going to read the list? I just think every family, they're just going to find out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. John, there's a guy named John Johnson. Are you a little surprised Eldrick's on the list? No. He's probably yeah, I guess he's smart. He would never go to a public place. Wow, I just uh a lot of information here. That's that's pretty good, man. I not ideal. Bomani, if you're gonna freedom of information act that craft video, I'm begging you not to. Good tweet. Is it freedom of information it? Eric at home. NFL better dip into that slush fund to buy that video before TMZ gets to pause on it. How much over under on the payment someone gets for that video? Um, five hundred k. I was gonna I was gonna go into like a million. Seriously? Because I don't think there's a number that they wouldn't pay. Like we, I don't know what's well, how much did Kaepernick get? Not that much. For a Robert Kraft hand job. Do you really think it would get that many views? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> it would. It would. Someone's going to pay a lot of money. Someone's going someone's gonna to pay a lot of money. You're right. It, it's going to get... Someone just tweeted out a picture of Belichick going no days off. <laughs> if you're Bill, like, oh my God. How much is Bill worth now to just Robert 
just to keep and think sane around there. Is Bill yeah. even fa- is Bill even phased by I, this? Honestly, I, yeah, because he he doesn't talk at the combine. He's one of like he's the only coach because you are not necessarily mandated to talk. It's just kind of frowned upon. He just refute. He just does not talk. He does not hold a press conference at the combine. So he, the next time Bill Belichick will talk is the owners meeting, which is probably in a month. I think the thing, just in all seriousness, that could take the story to the next level. When you start asking, like, what could happen to Robert, is is to what degree does the does the the human trafficking side of this story go right? Like, that's the part of this that could make it in like a week hard to make jokes about if it's if it's really bad. A week, guy. I think by the end of the weekend, it could be. A yeah, lot. it's Friday. But I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying that part of the story when that part of the story becomes crystallized. Um, well, well, he to me where he could be royally fucked, guy. In again, in all seriousness, we're going below the board now. Not funny. If the girl in the video in his room is like fifteen, how does like his ownership then would be in trouble? Yeah, that's where it would be in trouble. You're right. Would they even is his kids' ownership in jeopardy then? No, they don't take they don't take teams from families. They did for what's his name, Donald Sterling. Yeah, but that was I mean I don't that was I'd be shocked. First of all, Donald like all the leagues were going to all the players were going to strike. That's why he lost the team. That's true. People going to play for him. None of these players care. And now you see now people are looking at this list like Mike Freeman. One of the dudes busted was born in 34. Ageism. Yeah, what's he supposed to just not get an HJ? Again, you got to not funny if your girl's young. You're right. This this story is like Right now, we might be in the 12-hour window where it can be funny. It might be zero jokes moving forward. Yep. Cause it, but stories go, they bounce back and forth, right? I never would have talked about Jesse Smollett two weeks ago. I was like, hate crime? God, this is pretty serious. Guys yelling mag where they're kicking Chuck opened the door. But, I, I, I mean, everyone was kind of calling him a clown yesterday. Like, you're a loser, bro. And now it's like, regardless what community you're in, you can be like, this guy's an idiot. What a fucking loser. Chuck went all in, but it had to be said. This one, I think he screwed, guy. That's my first my first reaction. What does that mean? Because because I do you think, think he, so. You're saying you think he's going to end up losing his ownership? Let's just go on the premise that some of the girls that he's dealt with are young. It would be a problem. I don't necessarily know the outcome, but I and we haven't seen the last of Robert Kraft. Is there a chance Robert Kraft goes to jail? Like, if you have an unlimited amount of money, and let's say money is no issue for this guy, but I have a video of him getting a hand job from a 13-year-old. Can money get you out of whatever the reason? Not that is? Now, now you start putting ages on it. Like, that's... <clears throat> yeah. I don't know if like, you Because I'm always of a belief the only thing that matters in court is money. But that's usually when they're like circumstantial evidence. You know, the evidence is not like I don't have you on video killing someone or whatever. Right. If I do have the evidence, like if it's just black and white, what do you say? Now, his defense immediately would be he had no clue. And he has this long history and he'd have a bunch of famous people come to his defense. Right. He'd have a lot of people defending him. You think? Would you? I don't know. 
would Bill Belichick act as a character witness for Robert Kraft in this case? Would he deny it? <laughs> Robert Kraft has paid Bill, Bill Belichick the majority of his wealth in his life. They have had, but, a but he's very, got that money now. You think there's a chance that if asked and it was getting dicey, Belichick would say no to coming to the defense in court of Robert? That yes. would be as would that be his most cold blooded move, or would you go a kind of understandable? You can't really defend that. Uh, I'd be torn. I, I don't know. I, I don't know to me, it would be kind of understandable if it, if it got like really bad. You don't think Bell, Bill would get crushed? Like, oh, he's not standing up no. for his guy now. Money's in the bank. Like, you don't you don't just get loyalty in perpetuity. You start breaking laws. Like, loyalty is great, but you start breaking law. Like, I'm not like sworn to defend Middlecoff if he just starts breaking, like. Like Harry Law, not like just speeding tickets, but like some weird shit. See, I, I already, I, I don't know if you're loyal, guy. I don't know if you'd go down with the ship again. Go down with the ship. What you this just, is what a, you just described, I don't even want to repeat. It's a dicey situation. It's not, and it should not be condoned, and it's a crime. But <laughs> we all make major mistakes. Some so, so I get, others. so I get called to the podium. What do I say? I say. Yeah, he basically said on the podcast he's done it before. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what you guys. No, you doing. would just, you would just say if you're Bill, like I can't speak for this incident. I did not know what he was doing, where he was. I can just speak from my relationship oh, and well, my interactions I mean, with Robert. Yeah. <laughs> that's easy, but Robert's not, Robert's saying I want you to come on the podium and say I, I don't think this man could have done this. That's what Robert wants you to come up there and yeah, say. Yeah, then I would say, well, the video speaks for itself. <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, we we did a breakdown with me and Josh and the and the coaching staff. Yeah, we watched the film. I I, I had Greg Shiano's new quality control guy, you know, go through and cut it up. You think everyone anyone on the staff wants that assignment? Fuck. What a weird day in New England. <laughs> like what what uh, it's 9.56. So when this story broke back there... It was lunchtime. Yeah. I mean, that thing went viral in the cafeteria. With just, like, dudes looking at each other like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's one thing if it was, like, a coach or something. It'd be right. really weird. It's the owner. What a story. I mean, you can't, you can't make this shit up, guy. You really can't. Because to me, it doesn't have the same juice if it's another owner. Right. I'd argue Jerry... Like you said, Jerry's really famous, but there's something about Robert. His team just won the Super Bowl. They've won all these Super Bowls. It's just like he, he's out and about all the time. Like I'm throwing the fucking Sixer game. He's sitting in the front row. He just He's wearing the champion's gold medallion everywhere. Like he's Jerry, to me, hasn't jumped the shark like this. Jerry's just been cool forever. Jerry's that just is, being Jerry. That is the difference. Jerry's been cool since he was the captain for the <laughs> University of Arkansas when they won the national championship in like 1961. Robert Kraft was called what it is, a dorky business guy. And now he's become cool. I, I also got news for you. Everyone with money is cool. You know? It's it's not hard for people to have friends when they have cash. Can you get friends when you don't have cash? To me, that's the cool part. And was Robert Kraft. <laughs> that's what separates the real cool. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying when you have nothing, can you get a date? Can you have can you do you have people that like you? <laughs> you know, when you have nothing to give them? And that I do imagine, in all fairness to Robert, has pro it probably again first world problem becomes a challenge to go. Does anyone truly give a shit about what I? Maybe you don't even think this way once you get to his level. 
what I say, what I do, do they just want to be because I'm going to pay for everything. And there's a huge element of that. And again, now I feel like I'm defending the guy and I'm not. But I, I will defend that. Any, and I would imagine we got a lot of listeners that have been to a massage parlor or two. It, it just it would be naive to think that just in general, prostitution is the longest running profession in, in the world. The longest running profession in the world. And it works because why? Men and women. Two people. You know. You don't think like shoemaker is a longer running profession? No, people didn't have shoes way back in the day. The cavemen. They were just they trading like furs? Yeah. I guess they were. I mean it's just one of the most basic human necessities. Yeah, but there is a difference between prostitution and well, human 100%. trafficking. Well, again, I, I I am not defending Like I think one thing that we've probably found out as an as a world in the last few years, like in the mainstream is that human trafficking is like way more common than anyone know not anyone knew, but like the mainstream knew. That's one thing I've learned in like the last 2 years. Well, I I I I'd probably have to admit I'm kind of naive to it. I don't know really anything about it. You know, you just I, I can't even it just it makes your kind of skin crawl when you do see a story or a headline, but when I lived when I went to New York one time, I remember going to a strip club and all the girls could barely speak English. And I think you probably get this on the coast more than you do in the middle, you know, that probably where it was the San Francisco is the same thing. And on the in San Francisco it's much more Asian, right? From China, Japan, whatever they you know, a lot of people work in massage parlors or strip clubs. In New York, it's a lot of like Russians and Eastern Europeans. And that were the strip clubs in Philly, in New York. Did I ever go to one in Washington? I don't think I did. But you just start feeling like, God, that's kind of weird. But, you know, these girls, what else are you going to do? They always look really old. Not really old, but again, like in their 20s. But it clearly happens. You know, it's, it's a profession. It's it's a illegal profession. You know, it's like, it's probably one of the last true kind of mobby, you know, type things that you can make a lot of money on just selling humans. Gambling, I would say is still doing pretty good from the mob, from the underground. But, but, but I'm saying like a legit, like underage that is legitimate, like a bad crime. Gambling is a bad crime, just but you're just avoiding taxes. Yeah, right, 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 right. I see what you're saying. Not, yeah. A human crime. Not, yeah, I would rather have the Fed spend more time on nailing human trafficking than I would the bookies not reporting their couple million dollars in winnings. I would imagine some bookies have been in some trouble sometimes when, if you don't have the cash on hand and the dude wins the bet, like, how do you pay the guy? We always think about the bookie coming after the guy for the winnings, but what about when the guy is owed the winnings and the bookie doesn't have the cash? We never hear about that story. Was that guy going to like come to the Cayman Islands and track him down? How do you find no, that I, guy? I'm just saying even like your local bookie in town. Yeah. The good news is the bookies just wins more than the guys. So the bookies going to have the cash on hand probably. That's what he tell you. Like these idiots win 75% of the time. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, you mentioned a game of who, would you rather. Let's play a game of would you rather for the Warriors because we talked about the Warriors-Kings matchup. I think we both watched the game Thursday night and thought, this would be awesome in the first round. You told me an incredible stat. I know that the uh, the four games this year, the Warriors swept the series by a total of 12 points. I didn't know what you told me, which is what? It's the fewest points. It's the lowest point total in a point. It's the smallest point differential 
in a four game sweep in an NBA season. In NBA history. Because sometimes you play a team three times, so it's a four game point differential. It's the smallest, twelve. Because if you if you in your own division, right, like the Kings, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Warriors will always play each other four times a year. Is that correct? You've done NBA games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. And the Suns. Those teams would always play each other four times. But sometimes you might play like OKC, sometimes three, sometimes four. They do Draymond had a great quote. He called them kind of tongue in cheek, but kind of serious. The fastest team in league history. And I've watched, I actually got the NBA package this year just for my computer, just to watch Kings games. It's like 18 bucks a month or something. It's actually kind of a good deal just because I really enjoyed watching them. But I can't, they look crazy when you're watching them. So you know they're fast, you know they just got in threes. But it's hard for me to grasp until they're on the court with the Warriors because I also watch them play basically every night. And then you're like, God damn, it's throwing the Warriors off. Now, it's also, at first, it's Kevin Durant, Clay, and Steph Porn, because they're like, oh, fuck, we just get to run and gun. And they are just chucking, you know, just pass, pass, shoot, pass, pass, shoot, pass, pass. And then Steve's freaking out, and everyone's kind of getting freaking out. So they kind of come back to earth. But the Kings just do not stop. It's just, it's just a relentless, you know, you, you see why they've won so many games this year. There is no chance that you just catch, like, the T-Wolves on a random night. They are ready for this. Zero. Or the Nuggets or whoever. I mean, that's why they're a legitimate playoff team. I also think that if they did play a four-game series, if the Kings were able to get in, are the Warriors going to sweep this team? No. Eight times, you know? So no. they, it, is it possible that it could go? Like again, I'm not zero chance you could beat them. Could it go six? Just, uh, you know, it could. I mean, look, I, I think it gets a little different in the in the playoffs for the team that hasn't been to the playoffs before, like regular season well, games. Well, what is what would what do they have to lose? You know, they, they, nothing. They have... But but I but I do think so. There's a couple things here because the, the what I want to ask you is, would you rather play the Kings or the Lakers? Like our ideal is the Kings are the eight, the Lakers are the seven, the Lakers win, the Lakers somehow end up playing the Warriors after the Warriors beat the Kings. But Lakers somehow came back and won last night. I know, but I think you'd. I think from one perspective you'd rather play the Lakers just because the Kings are going to wear, even if it's a four game series and probably won't be, just going to wear you out. Like Draymond said afterwards, we're tired. We're tired. Now, I guess in a sweep, you're going to get your rest. But they'd, all, they'd also had 10 games off. They all went to, like, Turks and Caicos. No doubt. But, but you're still – like, that. the other three games looked incredible. Like, we're worn out playing these guys. Um, the difference, I think, in the playoffs is I do think – and maybe this is not giving the Kings enough respect. I do think there is, like, a little element of the Warriors that enjoys getting challenged. I think they find – like, when they were down one or whatever it was going into the fourth quarter, or near the end of the third quarter – more than one. Did you think they were losing the game? Who? The Warriors. Uh, for a brief moment in like the third quarter, the they, one like thing they play I've with never fire. done. I think part of it, John, is they like the ch- they like getting challenged. I think yeah, they enjoy. I, I, that. I never make any proclamations. I got a text from like, God, are the Warriors gonna lose this game in the first half? I'm like, bro, you haven't watched enough Warriors games if you think they're in trouble just because of a first half. They don't give a fuck, and they will come back. They can come back on anyone in a blink of an eye. Boom, boom, boom. Kevin Durant hit three shots. You're like, oh, my God, now they're up four. So, yeah, no, I, I did not. When they were kind of getting their ass kicked early on, I ne- never thought that. I actually – do you know what's funny? 
there was a point in time in the game where like Steph hits a shot late and they went up like seven or six with like a minute left. I was I've been kind of sick, so I turned off the TV and went to bed. <laughs> and then I and then I wake up and I see that why didn't Buddy shoot the shot? I'm like, what? And he must he hit two huge shots, right? Yeah, so he hits the corner three, and then they inbound the ball. And it's a deep ass one. And should have turned it over. Like under the basket, they get it into Steph real quick. Steph loses it. It's about to get taken. And then Andre what are they snatches down? What are they it. down? Like six? No, no, no. It's a two it's a it's a two point game. He oh, hits that's the th- how they got the ball back for the last shot. No. So Andre goes down, misses both free throws. They just foul him on the inbounds or whatever. No, they get it into Steph and Steph loses it. Like the ball's in the air. And it's loose, and the Kings are going to get it, and then Andre snatches it, but then Andre gets fouled. Oh, this is after Buddy had hit the shot. Yeah. Gotcha. So they're so they're down five. He hits a three. They're down two. They fuck up the inbounds. Iguodala is the worst free throw shooter on the team. Misses two. They get it back. Buddy has Instead an of, open three. But he had just been up, yelled at. Penetrates. Bogdanovich is open behind him, doesn't see him, gets a bad two for the tie, and that's the game. Like directly behind him or in yeah, the Yeah, directly behind him. Hard to see him. Okay. Where he, And everyone was saying, like, why didn't he just shoot the deep, deep three? And it was wide open. And part of it is like, well, because his coach had yelled at him for hitting one, and he's in his dome. Because- Did you see, what, you see what Dame tweeted? No. So Marcus tweeted, Buddy, who hit a 30-footer, not that long ago, passed on an open game-winning look from three and drove in traffic. Interesting choice. Dame quoted Marcus. Maybe if his coach didn't yell at him for making, all caps and making, the same shot, he would have shot the motherfucker. Now, he didn't say motherfucker. He just said MF. Yeah. But he's like, and he's king of the Steph shot now, too. It was weird. Like, why is Jaeger screaming at him for shooting the deep Because Jaeger wants the game to be 79-78. Yeah, but you, you jumped the sh- – well, we're past that. It did kind of mess him up because he was screaming at him, and Kevin was like, what? What are you guys uh, yeah. yelling at? Kevin was, like, shaking his head like, what is this? On Buddy Heald's last play. I thought he had a good look at the top of the key. Who said that? Jaeger. So, Would you rather play the Kings or the Lakers in the first round? If you're the, not what we want to see, but if you're the Warriors, well, the Lakers, yeah, for sure, one hundred percent the Lakers. If you're the league, you do not want that because if you if you're getting the Lakers in the playoffs, you want to get them to the seventh spot. Last night, I'm not talking about the league. I'm just saying the war. What seems like more yeah. of a headache for the Warriors? Uh, the Kings are more of a headache to, to me. One hundred percent the Kings because yeah. the Kings are a headache and they do tire you out. There was a chance last night where it looked like God. If the Kings win this game and the Lakers lose this game, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a big swing with only twenty four games left, and then it flipped. <laughs> and now you're like, are we sure the Kings are gonna make it? <laughs> now the I, the one thing Draymond said a couple times after the game was like, because they were asking him like, do you think this team has a legit chance? It's like, fuck yeah. I mean, look at these guys. Like, they're not gonna go away. Because if you just like, in the NFL, you don't really get credit for playing hard. That's not going to win you games because everyone plays hard. But I guess if you're a losing team, we're like, well, at least Kyle keeps the guys playing hard. You kind of get that credit, but you don't win any more games because, the, like, the Patriots play hard, the Chiefs play hard, you know, the Eagles play hard, right. the Bears play hard. In the NBA, 
you do kind of separate yourself. Like, oh, who do you got tonight? I don't know, the Rockets? The, the Rockets just might not give a shit. Oh, who do you got tonight? The Pelicans. Well, they left Anthony Davis in L.A., and they're only going to play Drew Holiday 15 minutes because they're tanking. Well, who do you got tonight? I don't know, the Pistons, you know? So you just you could rack up. They got 24 games left. They have – they're only one game up on the Lakers. And you see Harden after the game was bitching and moaning that he's like, that motherfucker gets all the calls. I don't get shit. It's like, James. Kind of saying, like, LeBron gets better calls in these games. Like, I don't get LeBron's calls like James. You don't get to say that, buddy. Come on, man. Yeah. He I was did. really mad because he thought he wasn't getting, like, I didn't even watch much. Well, today. he thinks Scott Foster hates the Rockets, too. Oh, that, 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 that's what it was. He thinks that Scott Foster should never be allowed to referee a Rockets game. Was right. that his quote? Right. Yeah. James, I, I've watched enough of your career. That is... I think it's egregious when some of these players bitch about money. To me, that comment is 50 times more egregious. Like, James, you get more preferential treatment. And a lot of it you create, but you can never complain about a referee. Especially when the other guy he's reffing is like LeBron. Like, sorry, man. Come on, buddy. And I And I've come around. I'm not a James hater like a lot of people. I like him. Like yeah, but no, I just don't I, like watching a I, like my fundamental problem, and this happened last night in the Warrior game when Boogie took a charge. I just hate fouls that I just hate fouls that aren't earned. Like dudes flopping, piss me off. Dudes kicking the legs out and drawing the threes or throwing their arms out on three pointers. You know, I've always hated those for years. I've been those. I've been my most hated play probably. And that's well, that's the thing. King, with, that's that's the James Harden, Chris Paul, their king. Yeah, of. it's just. But, you know, even just like the Steph used to do it more, like the lean into a guy, get a guy in the air, lean into him. It's like, come on. He did He did it last night, and Buddy avoided him in midair. And he, he I mean, the shot almost went over the backboard because, you know, you're like yeah. lean in midair. And he was, and he like kind of hit his head like, God, stupid. You know, like, why? Don't even, because even Jim Barnett was like, you're what? Just shoot the shot. I know. Cause I, and again, a pickup game is not the National Basketball Association. Have you ever seen that move in a pickup game? In no, the history this is what I always game? say is like, has anyone ever taken a, anyone t- tries to take a charge in a pickup game? Now people would say th- th- that's insane. Of to course, me that, it is. to me that's a little different. I, yeah, I but I'm just saying like there are there's a line where you're playing defense versus just stepping in to get a charge. And the response I've gotten when I talk to basketball people about it is like, so doesn't the defense have a right to a place on the floor? Yes, they do have a right to a place on the floor. But when you're making a play just for the charge, that's when it drives me nuts. Like, I don't care about that. Like, get, uh, enough of that. Play defense. How about that? I think Boogie looks terrible now. Well, Not te- terrible strong, but just slow. And and maybe it's just playing in that game. He doesn't belong in that game just in general, even in peak Boogie. That's not his game last night. But it's gonna, there were some tweets last night, and I thought were fair that were like, is he going to play like 10 minutes in some playoff series? Yeah, well, he's not going to play 32. He's not. He's not going to be on the floor at the end of the game. So, like, I think he's realizing now I'm not on a minutes restriction. Well, I mean, we'll see. But this is the first game he's not on a minutes restriction, and he didn't play 35 minutes, and he wasn't in the game late. Like, the other players on this team that are good, like Steve Kerr likes Kevon Looney. I don't know if you heard Barnett last night. He's like, People keep thinking they can get by Kevon Looney, and they can't. No, he's 
UCLA's finest, right? He wasn't when he was there. That's the amazing. Uh, I mean, he was solid. He was hurt. Bad hips. Bad hips. Um, all right. So uh, Bill Barnwell wrote a thing, John, five things for every uh, every NFL team in this offseason. And one of his Raiders ones was interesting. And it just, I think, kind of illustrates that uh, uh, people are just coming around on this idea, it seems like more and more, NFL people, that the Raiders might very well be interested in a quarterback. This one person tweeted at us the other day when we tweet or Thursday – we talked about on the last podcast, just a couple of Niner fanboys hoping, wishing that they would do a trade. Um, but what Barnwell basically wrote was the Raiders are the first team in the draft, Cardinals, Niners, Jets, that is going to consider taking a quarterback. And hoping if they and don't, wishing. huh? I'm saying that's a hoping and wishing. If they, yeah. If they don't take a quarterback, they should trade back. So there's two elements there. One, he thinks – NFL people think the Raiders are going to consider a quarterback. But two, if they're not going to take one, they should trade back because their roster is so thin. What do you think? Uh, to me, it's one thing if all they had was the fourth pick and, quote-unquote, their roster was so thin. They have two picks in the 20s. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. I think we've BPA. had this. It was just – it's – the most first round picks going into a draft in like the history of the draft. People have had third round, three first round picks before, but they traded in to get the third. I think the Vikings did it several years ago. Guy, when you have three first round picks, to me, you don't need to trade back and get more value. You have four picks in the top 35. Just fucking draft. So to me, the Niners have five total draft picks. The Raiders have four picks in the top 35 picks. You don't need to trade back. Now, if you're going to take a quarterback, Maybe you need to trade Derek if you're going to take a guy high. But if you're not, then just take three players. Get three starters. Draft a sweet defensive player at four. Because if Haskins or Murray somehow goes ahead of you, that's going to push a player down and then take two good players in the 20s. Worst case, you get two really good players out of the first round and hopefully a third that at least does something. To, to me, trading back when you have two picks in the 20s is insane. And a the third pick in the second round trade back for what that's usually people trade back for that. Right. Look at the, this, the Packers last year, they traded back to get a first round pick next year. And it turns out the first round picks, not great, but you, tr- to me, you trade back to acquire. I heard Travis Schlenk. He was on with woes. He was really good. And he said, one of the reasons he did the Luca pick, he's like, I told Luca's agent. Cause I think he's like, I get a lot of shit that I didn't like Luca. I, we were going to draft Luca at three. But I'm also of the mindset where I'm always open to deal. And if I could get a future lottery pick for a team that I knew was going to be terrible next year, I was going to do it because we also like Trey a lot. He's like, we had projected that the Mavericks were going to be a top eight drafting team the following year. And he's like, as when he recorded the podcast, I think they were ninth. So he's like, we, we feel good about what we acquired in making the trade. But he's like, also, we needed a lot of help. To me, if you but we didn't have any other picks. If you need a lot of help, which the Raiders need probably the most help of any team in the league, when you already have the picks, there's no reason to to me trading back is just kind of getting cute. Just take a guy you really like. And then do whatever you want with the two picks in the twenties. Like two picks in the twenties, every team in the league would die for that, right? Especially in this draft, where it looks like, you know, there's just a lot of really good players. There's not that many Julios and in J.J. Watts and guys like that. At least it feels like that on the surface. It's a lot of solid guys. That's good for two picks in the 20s. 
especially two picks in the 20s for a team that needs like offensive playmakers. They're going to be a lot of the guys are in that value range, tight ends and wide receivers and corners. I, to me, the trading back makes no sense with the Raiders, given that they had those two picks. Yeah, the one scenario where maybe that changes the dynamic is if they use those picks in a trade. Like we've talked about, like I think they end up trading one of those picks for a person. Because here's here's for the other a veteran thing I, person. Yeah, I, I am anti that. I, I do not That's think so you trade Amari and, and Khalil to then do that. You know what you can't forget, and I, I do sometimes because the pick's not going to be great because the Bears are going to be good. They have another first rounder next year. So, like, they are equipped. No shit, they're equipped. They trade their two best players. Like, <laughs> we got value, John. They got a shitload of picks. The problem with I, those players is they're so good that the team, like, the picks could have been even better, but those teams got good with those players there. The Bears, yeah. 24 and tw- The Cowboys pick is 27. Remember when they traded them, they were like 3 and 5? And it was like, are the Cowboys going to be in the top 10? This is going to be a great pick for Yeah, them. it was going to be a top, two, it was going to look like at least a top 12 pick, top 13. Who would have ever thought at the time? That they the won Cowboys, seven of their last eight. That the Cowboys pick would have turned out to be worse than the than the Bears pick at the time when they made the Amari trade. No one. Nobody. Including them. And they shouldn't have. Yeah, I, that's one I didn't blame them for thinking that was still going to be a good pick. Because guess what happened? Amari went there and became a better player. <laughs> yeah. The one thing I will say about just that trade in general I was anti the Khalil Mack trade. That trade just makes sense to me for both sides. I get what the Cowboys are doing, and I get what the Raiders are doing. Now, I got what they were doing when they did it. It backfired a little because they got good, and he got good, so it makes you look worse. That's not really deniable because the likelihood that you're going to get a Mark Cooper at 27 is fair to say slim to none. Yeah, if he had looked like that as a Raider, would you feel that way? Well, he wouldn't have been on the trading block, right? That's what I'm saying. Would you would you say I get the trade if he had looked like that as a Raider? No. Yeah. Uh, speaking of trading good players, your boy Cowherd with this one on Russell Wilson that Ciara wants to be in New York on Russell Wilson's going in the last year of his contract. And then you remember he could be a could he be traded to New York? Would the Seahawks even do that? But Co- Collins' point is, hey, this is just something that's kind of bubbling out there. Remember two years ago when John Schneider went to see Carson Wentz work out, and there was some buzz like, God, something weird happened with Russell Wilson in the front office. It just turns out, no, they just John Schneider goes to pro days. Due diligence, yeah. I I, I think under no circumstances can you. I mean, w- what are you going to do, guy? Seriously, you're going to trade Russell Wilson? Like, how do you ever get a better player than Russell Wilson? As Seattle would tell you, we don't. We never have had one. He's the best player in the history of our franchise. He's the best player in the history of their franchise. Which sounds, you know, it's like, damn, are they not a great player? No, just I, to me, that's they've had good players, but it's more of a reflection of Russell is that, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. He's, he's Steve Young meets Drew Brees. So... The great part about the NFL, to me, it would be an NBA story. If this was the NBA, you'd be like, damn, is he going to go to the Knicks next year? Do you know what John Schneider says? Franchise! You're not going anywhere. And I also think he's too good of a guy. What's he going to do? Say, trade me? He says, go Hawks after every interview. 
Now he's going to say trade me? He's, well, he, he said, said go NC State once upon a time, and then he said go Wisconsin. Yeah, but he's got he's been saying go Hawks the longest because he's been there for eight years. Yeah. So can you imagine the Twitter mashup of every go Hawks, go Hawks, go Hawks? <laughs> you know. But but a, a you know wife is an X factor, John. Like well, that's... No, I'm not disputing that, but he doesn't have the the leverage in this one. Because because ha- just from a football standpoint, why would Seattle? How would they ever replace him? I mean, one thing. Okay, you can give me Carson Wentz. Like I can start over. You can start over. Whatever. What do I do? What if? I'm just gonna, right, here's a, here's, I, let me just throw this out there. Just play devil's advocate. The Giants can draft a player, a quarterback that the Seahawks really. Let's say the Seahawks really like Dwayne Haskins, and the Giants can draft him, and then include him, and I don't know, Odell Beckham Jr. and a pick in a trade for Russell Wilson. Well, just say this. On the surface, what is Russell Wilson worth? If the Seattle's like, I'm ready to trade him, what's he worth? Four ones? I mean, I don't okay. know, five yeah. ones? I was, I mean, I was going to say three, and that feels light. Yeah, four? So he's worth a shitload. So just think about the package. Let's say Pete and John are smitten for Dwayne Haskins. Yep. They think he's the next Russell Wilson. That's one one. Okay. Odell. Okay, that's another one. And I said, I said those two plus a one, but maybe you could say those two plus two ones. Would you do Dwayne Haskins, Odell Beckham, and two ones for Russell Wilson if you were the Giants? That's a lot. I mean, I do, I do those two a one and a two. That's what I'd be my first offer. What about this, Kyler Murray? Go short. Can you just keep the short quarterback thing? There you go, Kyler plus 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 Odell, Odell plus a one plus a two. Like I would I tell you that I would be I to me it's easier to say I would offer it than that I would take it right like if I'm the Seahawks I don't think there's anything you could no I'm offer saying me. if you're the Giants would you do yes Odell Kyler at six so your sixth pick which is Kyler Odell Beckham next year's one and this year's two yes if I'm the Giants if I'm the if Seahawks Se- I, would you take that if you're the Seahawks. What depends what you think about Kyler. Let's just say you think Kyler's going to be a star. My thing is, why would you? You you already have a star. I mean, one of the number one stars in the league. That's what I'm saying. So you're, if you're the Seahawks, would you? You're saying that's hard for the Giants to swallow. But would you take that if you're Seattle? I think if you're the Giants, you basically give them whatever you want to get Russell Wilson, right. besides Saquon Barkley. Right. Be like, you can have everything except Saquon, and we'll get you Russell, <laughs> or I mean, for Russell. Right, you want two and ones. And you would say Odell. no, wouldn't you? If you're Seattle, because you have the most important asset in this transaction, you have like, probably you a future six. Hall of Famer. In his uh, prime. Is it even is it even probably anymore though? No, it's just you know, provided he doesn't, I don't know, blow out his knee and never come back. How much yeah. more famous do you think he'd be in New York? Let's just say they did this deal this offseason and he became the Giants' quarterback for the next ten years. Do you think he goes to another level? Yeah, I do. I get where Ciara is coming from on that one, but you agree he's already on a super high level. Uh, the NFL is unique; like, doesn't matter what market you're in, you can be like Baker's a star, and he's in Cleveland. Now he came from Oklahoma, which helps. But yeah, he is fair to call Russell Wilson a superstar. Yes, in the NFL right yes. now in Seattle. Yes, he is. I I believe he is a superstar in terms of like rec. You know, just what he is as relative to the other players in the league, brand wise. Do you agree? I don't know about I don't yeah I don't know about you but under no circumstance if I'm John Snyder would I just trade him? 
Like, of course, yeah, it's like, I'll give you 10 picks for LeBron. Yeah, let's find something that works for everybody here. Like, no, <laughs> you know, I'll give you blah, blah, blah for James Harden. No, I'll give you blah, blah, blah for Aaron Rodgers. No. And I'd even say I, Aaron Rodgers to me is more tradable than Russell Wilson. He's 30 years old, guy, or 29. He's not even that old. Uh, like, I would entertain, like, I would do that deal for Aaron Rodgers just because he's 35. I'd basically just be short in the stock. Russell might still have eight, nine good years left. Yeah, one of the bullet points here that Colin conveyed was that his marketability is being wasted in Seattle. Is it maximized? No. But is it being wasted? No. Huh? He's 31 this year, I just checked. Who's that? In November. Who? Russell. Oh, damn. Older than I thought. Remember, he was a fifth-year senior. Plays young. Yeah, plays young. Wasn't fifth-year senior or fourth-year senior. Like He was an old college player. Because he was a graduate transfer. Right. Usually the short guys got to spend a little more time in college because it's harder for them to get a look. That's what makes Kyler Murray kind of unique. It's like he's short, midget, and he's good. But he's also been to two schools. Like, he's kind of risen up the ranks fast. It was the same deal, though. He's So he's been in college. Has he been out of high? How many years out of high school is he? Three or four? I think that was three. Texas uh, Tech? No, because no, no, he would have had the red shirt one of those years. Yeah, it was four. And he was the backup one year, so yeah. So you're right. I mean, it just takes longer. Uh, See, it feels like... Wouldn't have he had the red shirt at yeah, Oklahoma? You're, you're, you're right. He went to Oklahoma. He went to A&M. So he graduated high school in 2015. Played at A&M. Then transferred to Oklahoma Sits. in 2016. Sits. Yeah. 17, he's the backup to Baker. He plays a little, but he's just the backup. And then last year he starts. So, yeah, he's four years out of high school. Which is not I, a lot, but it's not three. No. It was also, I think, the same for Russell. Russell's just been in the league like nine years now. Or seven or eight. You know, he's been in the league a while. He is, Russell, is Giselle richer than Tom? I hear that a lot. I th- feel like Tom's pretty rich. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, this is one where Ciara, to me, is not richer than Russell. Uh, I think you're underestimating her. See, I think you're overestimating her. Like, like if we just t- really take a step back and go, let's go through all, like, the career highlights. And I'm not a CR historian, so I don't know. But, like, she's not. Yeah, I mean, she's a lower-end pop star. Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, she. My point she has is this: a net like, worth estimated to be around twenty. You're right. You're right. You're right. My 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 ultimate. She's more point, famous than she is rich. My ultimate point is like. She got great cheekbones. God. Is he is he in a position where he's taking less money because his family is so his family is so rich that he can afford to leave money on the table, say in free agency? To your point, he can't get to free agency because he's going to keep getting franchised. But. You know, but who's who's lowballing? Like Russell's would Seattle can pay him a shitload, right? That's what I'm saying. Would he leave money on the table at Seattle to go to the place where his wife wants to be? But I think he could force his way wherever, and they would give him the thirty-five million dollars a year contract. Yeah, yeah. So it would just be trying to make her happy, which I don't know if you follow him on Insta. It feels like she has a lot of pull in his life. Not that much pull. Like, he's still always taking the videos of him working out. Like, I, he always feels like he takes it pretty seriously to be the quarterback of the Seahawks and be the captain and be the leader and be the best player. 
Yeah. You just never know. People change. No, people change. He's getting older. Maybe he wants the bright lights. Did he get Gohawks tattooed on his arm, or is it just a thing he says? I mean, yeah, I think it's just a thing he says. I'd be right now. I get where the scuttlebutt. Like I believe people are talking. I think it's pretty outlandish. I will be surprised if Russell Wilson's next contract is now with Seattle. Or maybe it gets ugly. Like maybe he does kind of say he wants out. I'm hard pressed to see Russell going public with that. Yeah. Because the one thing he's maintained pretty consistently is that Tebow-ish type image. You demand a trade when everyone's like, God, here's the other thing. We're winning. It'd be one thing if they sucked. He's made the playoffs every fucking year except one. And that one year they went 9-7. and seven. And he's the star of it now. They built the whole thing around him. They, they jettisoned everyone. It was calling him, what, what, Richard, you say to him, you suck? <laughs> Is that what he screamed out? Kept it basic. <laughs> You're just mean to him. Like, they got rid of all those guys. They literally built the whole fucking thing around him. And it worked. So that, that, that's where... It's the double whammy. They can pay them. They're winning. They they built the whole house around them. So now, you know, some people just aren't ever happy. So who knows? Uh, John, update because uh, it is the uh, tip of the iceberg. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, uh, this from uh, a reporter, Al Butler, says uh, sources told ESPN that Robert Kraft is, quote unquote, not the biggest name involved in this investigation. Barack Obama? I mean, Donald Trump? Just started thinking some bigger names. Would an athlete be a bigger name? Depends on the athlete. That's Actually, this was a, apparently a quote from Schefter that said this. This story is going to heat up and get a lot worse with all the human trafficking that has gone down, and I'm told Robert Kraft is not the biggest name, Adam Schefter. Would it end Donald's presidency? Uh, I don't know about that. Sorry, I was reading. I, you caught me. Uh, I, I, I mean, what would it take to be like uh, Bono? I mean, what, what's a, what's a bigger name? LeBron? Would LeBron be a big name? <laughs> yeah. Apparently, somebody on Reddit last night posted something. Tonight or tomorrow, a billionaire NFL owner will be tied to human trafficking in Florida. A ring was just brought down in Florida, and based on good intel, I'm certain Bob Kraft will be connected to it. It's crazy how people talk, huh? Yeah. Okay, well. Uh, Can we talk about Zion real quick before we... uh, Oh, yeah. Before we go to court? Um, I, I actually... You know the part of the Zion story? A couple of things. One, I saw it happen, and I thought... Uh, are, are, do you think the do you think the NBA is makes it choose? I mean Nike, excuse me, makes it choose for people like Zion. Like, is he testing the bounds of shoes more than most people ever have before? Like when you give when you make a shoe and a twelve year old wears it, it's different than when you give it to Shaquille O'Neal and hope it holds up. And you never really understood. I always thought like I remember like you'd hear these players change their shoes all the time, and I remember thinking like God, it's got to be pretty stiff. They got to break them in. But like you were telling me before the podcast, this is part of the reason why they just they what they do to their shoes. You know when you see like a car commercial that's like driving through all these mountains and terrain, you're like, I'm not using it for any of that stuff. 
but they make it just in case you're going to be driving through the mountains at like five degrees. It's going to be able to do that or drive under under a lake. But no one, most people aren't using it for that. Like NBA players are using these shoes and Zion to a degree that most people running around at the gym or not, at an open run are not. You ever seen anything remotely close to what happened to a shoe? I, I mean, we've all seen shoe blowouts, but to see the whole bottom of the sock immediately, I've never seen a shoe blowout like that. It's pretty nuts. You told me he hasn't changed his shoe or like he's wearing that shoe every time they wear their white uniforms, the same he, pair. Well, the way the way Charles talked about it is that Nike was saying that he wears the same shoe. He has them color coded, like with the black, the blue, and the white. That he just kept the same shoe. And I think sometimes maybe young guys, they're not as they're just not maybe paying attention as much in the sense that like NBA guys just have an unlimited amount of pair of shoes that I would imagine all these companies are sending him a lot of shoes just naturally. Maybe he just likes the shoes. He's comfortable. Like some guys just have a glove that they keep longer. And like you said, just the power of the shoe or excuse me, the power of the man. I'm watching the highlight in the background. Actually, that's fucking nuts. But just that split that power. You, me, the majority of NBA people couldn't do that if they tried. So I think it's a freak deal. And I actually think Nike's going to benefit from this guy because now they'll just pay him more. The Zion will be a big deal when it comes out. Wouldn't you be a little surprised if he's not a Nike guy now? Yeah, I'd be surprised. This whole thing like Nike stock is down. I think they'll survive this scandal. Well, guy, they're back up. They're back up. Um, I, I was impressed. Our boy Paul George. That he, I mean, I'm not surprised that Paul handled it well because he was wearing a PG shoe. And I have heard from a few people that, like, the Paul George shoe is a pretty popular shoe in terms of, like, players, like, playing in them. Like, they're comfortable. Um, Must and, be light. Yeah, I'm not sure why they like them. But Paul said he talked to Nike to find out what went wrong because he takes pride in his shoe. Uh, my shoes have been a successful shoe not only in college but in the NBA. A lot of people have been in them. A lot of people wearing them. So I don't know. It's never happened before to my knowledge, but it's tough. I was impressed that Paul was all over it. Um Kind of an embarrassing moment for him, just that it's his shoe. Yeah, I, I, I'm impressed by the way he handled it. Like, I, I'm, I don't think it's nothing the way that he. I mean, he could easily be like, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I had nothing to do with that. Like, told the guy not to wear the shoe all the time. But Paul, I remember when he got his shoe, and I think every guy it's pretty cool when you get a shoe. But I remember Paul being pretty proud of it, and I always see like he sends them. You know, Derek always gets a pair. Um, but people like the shoe; it's a popular shoe, so. I think he takes pride, I would guess, when he sees other guys in his shoe, you know? You know, one thing, that bo- one thing that bothers me about this whole incident, and we talked a little bit about it before the podcast, you're right now calling college basketball games. And who's playing this tomorrow? Washington State against who? Utah. When you're around these guys that shoot around, do they look pretty miserable? <laughs> no, although I did talk to a player about his shoes, the brand they were wearing the other day, and he doesn't like them. What was he wearing? I don't know. It depends. How much stock do you still have? UA? Yeah. Is that because the school's a UA school? I don't want to get anybody in trouble. (laughs) But but I've heard from players, like, put it this way. I was talking to a guy from Adidas about a month ago, and I was asking him, like, what's really the difference between Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, Puma, all these brands? And he said, honestly, one of the things that – one of the big differences is – the quality of the, like the factories and that Nike and the, and now Adidas for a long time 
or just been in the game so long that they have the best like handiwork, like the craftsmanship. This guy's point was just the factories are a difference maker in the quality, like the volume of quality that you get from the shoes, and it just takes a while to get to that level. Yeah, I mean, Under Armour's not going to be on that level yet, everyone. We, no, we know it. Done. We're coming. It's okay. Uh, I don't have that much stock, actually, anymore. Uh, but... I, but again, my issue when I say happy, I just mean just no, to be I know playing college saying. basketball. Yeah, they look miserable. It's and Duke is the highest level of fun. Like this guy and Charles Barkley had a good point last night. What the media, who and again we're in the middle and the media is leading this charge of this war on wealth. They resent and despise money, yet they take this kind of attack on you. Got to get your money. You got to get your money. What if he just? What if he just? Wants to play college basketball. What if he enjoys it? What if he, when him, Cam Reddish, and R.J. Barrett, and Trey Young, or Trey Young's brother, decided to go there, they enjoy playing together. You know what? They like Coach K. They like fucking playing at Duke. Like, it's fun. You know, I'll tell you what won't be as fun. The check will be bigger. Playing for the Suns next year. That will suck. You will win 15 games, and no one will fucking watch or care. So this notion, and I bet Zion's, Stuck with this right now because yesterday when it didn't come out immediately in the morning, he has a sprained knee. He's going to be out. I'm like, I bet he's – they're talking about what should we do? Should we keep playing? And I bet he's like, I want to keep playing. But you look on social media, everyone's telling him to stop playing. So he's a human. He's probably questioning himself like, what am I doing? But I – to me, watching him, I've watched him interviewed enough. Not that that says that much. I've watched him interviewed a couple times after games. Like you said, he doesn't even talk that much. But – he feels like he just really enjoys it, you know. And even Roy Williams said after the game, like, "I don't. We didn't really want to win like that. We he, we didn't want him to go out of the game like that. Sucked." Yeah, you know? I um, um, I I cringe when it happened because I knew what was coming. It was going to be well, it, immediate. It happened so fast in the game too. Thirty three seconds. Yeah, it was two to nothing. Obama was in the background, like he got he almost got out of his chair, like pointing, like, "Oh my God, I didn't come here for this." Um, but. Uh, I think the reason with college sports it's become a bigger issue by the by the year is just because the money has gotten so massive. The amount of money that's made far exceeds like you know the value of a scholar. Like there was a point in time when the value of a scholarship was a hefty percentage of the amount of money that's being made around the whole thing. I think the, the one of the complicating factors, of course, is the number of people that aren't part of the machine that then would get money but that's a separate issue but i think that's why i think that's why it's become what it's become is we're not talking about thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars we're talking about tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars for individuals um not for the industry at large but it that you know it is a good life i don't think there's any question about that like it's it's not misery um but you know i i do understand the like is it worth risking what you could be making in eight. We're not asking you to wait three years. We're asking, it's like eight months. Like, could you just sit out for eight months, do a bunch of individual, play for an AAU team for another year? Like, you don't even have to go to Europe. Just play another year of AAU ball, play in two but, AAU see, tournaments see that, every that, month. That would, be my, that would be my argument. You're still going to play basketball. Aren't you better off playing in the ACC with Duke against higher-level competition? Well, I think, the, no, I mean, the counter would be, yes. I mean, look, I, I agree with you. I do agree with that. But I'm just saying you could be like, you can play in a couple AAU tournaments, spend all your time on individual. There's not going to be any limit to how much practice you can have. You do the AAU tournaments just so a few scouts can see you, 
and then you work on your individual stuff the whole time and we're just going to be more efficient and you're not sitting around for three years it's eight months like it's not going to be that long so I, I anyway i get the argument is all i'm saying that said like planet cameron indoor like that's that's just that's a life experience that's badass yeah, I was excited for that college basketball game. On yes, TV so was everybody I... else. They were giving Super Bowl prices for the tickets. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. It was devastating when he went out. Thank God it's okay. Because I, I was saying, God. like, God, are we sure that Zion is the best prospect? And he goes out and you realize, I'm watching for Zion, not R.J. Barrett. <laughs> you know? Right. I, yeah. I would not have, and most people would not have probably clicked on the game if it was just R.J. Barrett, Cameron Reddish. And one other sweet guy. Well, right? you know what I was thinking is he, he's the cash cow. One of the cases that was made in the offseason for letting players go out of high school was, hey, if you just lop the top 30 prospects in a given year and just say all those guys are not going to be in college basketball, those guys will go pro. Will college basketball be college basketball be OK? And I, can, I think yes. Like I think still the brands and the, 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 the universities and the coaches are the biggest brands in a you know, generally speaking in college sports. But Zion shows how unique it is to have a college player that's a sports star, not just like a college basketball star, but a star that everybody knows. He's because unique, one, though. But yeah, he's no, he, unique. he's the exception. No, there's no doubt. He's the exception. Because I've been watching him on social media for feels like since he's 15. No, he's just – and he just – it's because it's not because he's better. It's because he looks different. The way he plays is different, right? It's yes. not, he's not like the greatest prospect to ever come out of college, but it's just he's a different just thing. Like it's just different. He this whole yeah, thing is different. He weighs two hundred and eighty five um, pounds. So like but if looks you took, like me, you would just never off. have Yo. that you would just never have that guy in college sports again. And you know, I, I don't think it would change a lot for college sports, but it would just mean every once in a while you don't get the this type of individual coming through a Duke or a North Carolina or Kentucky or wherever. It would and, hurt it would hurt for sure. I don't know. It's not really arguable, right? That it would it would not have a negative impact. Well, I, well, yeah. What I'm saying is, generally, I don't think it would have a major impact because most people aren't watching. Like, it's not a big deal until March, but you would miss out on the occasional exceptions like Zion. But you don't get Zion every year, right? Like every year, there's not this guy. Like maybe you get as the year goes on, Trey Young, but Trey wasn't as big as Zion. Um. No, not even close. But he became like, like a star. Like he, beca- he, beca- he became a big deal. You know, but um, I don't think it would change a ton. But you'd miss out on like this. This shows the high level of a, what a college star could be. I, I'm with you. I think he'll be back for the tournament. And I think I, I think it's a I big deal in college. Like the conference tournament. What? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a big deal if, if Duke's for Duke to be in the Final Four. That's a big deal to a lot of people. That's a big deal to CBS. That's a big deal to the NCAA. That's a big deal to Duke. That's a big deal to a lot of people. Him getting to the final, Duke getting to the Final Four. Like, I think the ratings will be different if Zion is playing in the Final Four versus not. Don't you? Completely. They need Zion for the tournament. I you don't know. Even this think is that's... the 40th anniversary of uh, Magic and Larry. God, they're old. You know where they played? 1979. You know where right. that final four? You know where that championship, that final four was? Uh, the Detroit Dome or something? No, it was at the Huntsman Center where the Utah Utes play. I did not know that. I learned that last week. Yeah, um, that's good. That's good knowledge. And uh, it's the most watched college basketball game in the history of the sport. 
Still to this day? Yeah. Well, think about less channels. It was easier. It was easier to get a big number then. That's true. What else are you going to watch? But it was two just kind of two Zions. <laughs> Legends. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one guy's name was Larry Legend, and the other guy's name is Magic. Magic. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah. So, all right. I hope Robert avoids the pokey and Zion comes back. God, this story, it's like, yeah, I said, by, you, you were right when you said by the end of this, by the, end, by the time this podcast is out, all the stuff we said about Robert could be old news. Will you kick me to the curb if my name gets thrown out in Jupiter, Florida? No, I'll wait to see what happens. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I'll give you due diligence. As far I, as I know, I talk to him on the podcast every day, and I saw he looked like he was at home to me. So I don't. I I, I appreciate that. You, all, I, this is, all these bald guys look the same to you, people. I know. You That's what I'm going to stand up and say. Can't pigeonhole us. Yeah. Well, have a good weekend, Haberman. Later. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.